You're listening to another Well Workplaces podcast. I'm your host, Tom Bosner, and today I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with Natalie McCann. Now, we all know that sleep is the poor cousin to exercise and healthy eating. I mean, we spend so much time worrying about how many workouts we clock up per week. We're so worried about the types of healthy food that we eat or we don't eat, but we rarely boast about the amount of sleep that we clock in a week. As a natural born sloth and napper, this really upsets me. Now, I had a brilliant chat with Natalie earlier this year around World Sleep Health Day. And for extra context, this was a LinkedIn Live episode. Um, Now, why I was chatting with Natalie was because Natalie is an executive sleep coach and she's suffered from chronic insomnia and has developed some really cool strategies around how to get great sleep, especially during the challenging times that we're in. Have a listen. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another LinkedIn Live. And today I've got the absolute pleasure of speaking with Natalie McCann, who's an executive sleep coach. Natalie, how are you going? I'm well, thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me on here. Oh, no worries at all. So nice to chat. We actually chatted last week and it was coincidentally World Sleep Day, which is was Friday, wasn't it? It was Friday, that's right. And what did you do for your World Sleep Day, given that this is your space? Yes, it, it was a great day. So I did run a, a short lunchtime webinar and I did the Tired But Wired series. And so that's a really popular one for people. A lot of people can relate to feeling tired but wired at night. They were exhausted after a big day at work and all these meetings and busy and now a lot of Zoom exhaustion. A lot of people are doing this back-to-back all day. And so we get uh, into bed at night and we feel like we should be able to drop asleep straight away, but our brain gets switched onto autopilot and we start processing the day nonstop. So the webinar that I ran on Friday is always a great one and people learn a lot. I cover a lot in 30 minutes but it's just a great intro into what we can do to really slow down our minds. And physical exhaustion is one thing that we all know how to do, going to the gym and running from here to there. But the mental wind down is something that people really need to work on. This doesn't always come naturally to people. Yeah, yeah, you've said, said, I couldn't couldn't say it any better. I think sleep obviously is a uh, hugely important part of overall health. Most of us are great when we talk about, I'm a physio by background, so I know a lot about injuries, physical injuries. We treat them with so much care. There's obviously a lot of interest now or awareness of mental health and what maybe some strategies around that. But, but gee, sleep at the moment is so, there's so much value in obviously getting a good night's sleep. But to your point, no one knows how to actually really achieve that, especially if they're coming from a place where they, they're quite stressed at the moment. And the last year, for everyone has been a shocker with overall mental health and stress and that's probably had a flow-on effect into sleep now can i ask about your interest in this particular topic you've got a personal story that that sort of fits in here it'd be great to share that with our listeners certainly tom so i really suffered from chronic insomnia from when i was a young child and as far back as i can remember i was never a good sleeper i was always very fearful i was always very on guard for some strange reason nothing bad ever happened nothing traumatic that we know Mm. of ever happened but i had this overwhelming sense of responsibility 
felt this overwhelming sense to look after my family and I knew everyone was asleep I felt like I had to stay awake and it was really in hindsight just this generalized anxiety that and that's how it manifested by trying to stay awake looking after everybody and as I moved into adulthood or teenagers and then adulthood we I never really got that addressed I thought that was something that I had to live with I tried a lot of remedies and back then it was you go to the doctor and straight away they want to put you on anti-anxiety medication or antidepressants or sleep medication and as a teenager my parents were were very anti that and I appreciate mm. that now didn't appreciate that so much at the time but when I was an adult I really went down that medicated sleep path and so temazepam stilnox imivane all of those mm. things and if they worked we wouldn't be here today that would be the end of the story but they don't work for a long period of time and so things continued and they continued non-stop and so I was working in IT as a project manager at the time for about 15 years and so like any job it comes with its stresses where it was very deadline and date driven and so these were all things that I was working through on a day-to-day -day basis. So my stress levels, like everyone else in corporate, are fairly high. And but also we deal with everything else in our life, other adult responsibilities. So then I had two kids in two years. We were renovating our house, trying to manage a household budget, all of those things that compound your stress. And by then I knew a lot more about nutrition and healthy lifestyles that I probably didn't know when I was at uni and those though back in those days but even though I knew all of those things my sleep was out of control and so I really was just running on empty and I just had enough and about five years ago I really decided to deep dive into it because even though by this stage I had tried all the sleep medications anti-anxieties made me feel really sick I didn't I really didn't think anxiety was the problem. I know that it was definitely part of it. So I did some self-study and I did a, a deep dive into personal development, did a lot of reading about sleep. And I really, it was the first time I'd looked inward. So it's interesting because there's a lot of remedies out there. You can do chiropractic, you can do naturopathic, all of the things, essential oils. There's a lot of options, but until you go inwards, that's when the change really starts to happen. So that's what I love teaching people now. We go through, we can fast forward and we can skip a few levels when it comes to the external remedies, but I love teaching people how to do it very holistically. Fantastic. Yeah, you're probably the best person to be speaking to then about sleep and obviously how to, how to change things or how to improve things for yourself. And that would have been really hard, by the way, to have such a disturbed sleep through your childhood. I probably personally, I haven't really experienced a lot of sleeplessness personally, probably in, until more recently with having kids at home and trying to manage being woken up a few times a night, like a lot of younger parents perhaps. But I can see that if that, for me, if that became an ongoing thing or how the years add up and then suddenly... You, you can't sleep past 3 p 3am because that's when you're always getting woken up. So it has a bit of a snowball effect. But yeah, thanks so much for sharing that story because that's really important, I think, for today's chat. 
Natalie, I saw that, that today or yesterday you shared a LinkedIn post about this today and you asked the question in your post. It was what impacts your sleep the most to, to your followers. I read a lot of interesting comments oh, and great. probably they were awesome. Yeah, and I thought they were kind of nothing in that really surprised me when I read through them. It might be good to start there. What does impact people's sleep, generally speaking, from what you know and your experience? Yeah, so definitely number one is stress. And even if you don't feel stressed, like you think you're managing your life and your job and your family and everything really well, if you're not sleeping at night, your body is telling you your cortisol levels are too high, we need to bring them down. And that really, we need to break the circuit and really concentrate. Like that really needs to be the focus and you need to really take that on board and realize that even if you don't feel stressed, you've got to take it seriously because as we know, sleep is involved in a lot of functions in the body and you would know this as a physio, but more recently it's become really known that it, it impacts on immunity. That's obviously the big one from last year, but yeah. also in, from a physio perspective, you're talking about muscle regeneration and tissue regeneration. But also from a professional point of view and a corporate point of view, it has a big impact on your memory and learning and also, interestingly, your relationships. So how you deal with your team members, but also your family at home. So it's got a really, it impacts every area of your life. Yeah, yeah, well said. And I think from my perspective and my understanding of sleep, and I've definitely researched it, probably not as much as you, but I, I know from an athletic perspective or from a sports perspective now athletes are so focused on getting their their rest it's really sleep nutrition and physical conditioning and yeah. some of the best athletes in LeBron James is probably one of the most well-known basketball players in the world and he's famous for sleeping pretty much quite a lot actually even before his matches so there's clearly there's clearly some value in it and then when I think of corporates, I often refer to them as corporate athletes because I feel like the working day or a busy parent who then comes in and goes to work, whether that is still at home in a hybrid workplace, or if you think of, it, think of yourself as an athlete, you do need that time to eat well, look after yourself physically, mentally, and then sleep fits in there. But it's, it's the one that we always cut into because we're trying to do many, so many other things. That's right. And I think that was one of the purposes of World Sleep Day. And also why I'm involved in this is to really elevate sleep to the same levels as nutrition and fitness. So everyone knows they need to eat well, they need to move every day. But as you said, everyone's willing to cut into their sleep time or not take it very seriously and wind down in a really effective manner. And that's really the key when it comes to sleep is winding down effectively, not shutting the laptop and, you know, turning the light out. That's never going to help anyone, but really having a nice routine that works for you and that helps you, that. yeah, your proper sleep every night consistently. Yeah, fantastic. That's really great. And I think routine's important here, isn't it? One of the comments I read actually in your little thread was scrolling before bed. That's obviously a known because clearly you're going to be getting stimulated before you then need to go to bed you probably can't give specific advice because this is going out to you know various people but what's your general advice around 
routines and habits before bed. Do you have some tips there that you'd like to share or? Yeah, definitely. So in terms of screens, that's the biggest one at the moment, I think. Um, People love their Netflix. We got into some bad habits last year, myself included. And so we really had to cut that out earlier on late last year. But apart from the telly, it's also the mobile phones and the laptops and tablets and so on. I would recommend keeping your phone in the kitchen to charge overnight. Just don't bring it into the bedroom at all. So that's one thing you can do. And get an old-fashioned alarm clock, one that you can turn around easily and so the light is not bothering you. But in terms of winding down, leave your phone in the kitchen and try and switch off all electronics by 9 o'clock. And the reason for that is what you said. So the stimulation and the constant alerts that you're getting and the scrolling, there's always something to try and grab your attention. And we've had that all day. So it's actually we need to switch that off by about nine o'clock but the second really the reason is for the blue light and we've all heard about it but it is true that blue light does interfere with our melatonin production so there's a part of the brain that will be stimulated by that blue light and we're interrupting our natural circadian rhythms and what that means is basically we're designed to operate when it's the sunlight is up so getting up with the sun and going down with the sun so when we're exposed to extra light late at night when we're supposed to be asleep you're confusing your brain and it's I thought it was supposed to be winding down but now I better gear up so that's the second reason really but if you can find a nighttime routine that works for you that's the main thing but I always recommend turning down the lights after dinner as a real signal to yourself there's a lot of things to, to do. Having a light dinner as early as you can so your body's not digesting the food when we're trying mm. to be sleeping. That's also another big one. So a lot of our energy, about 30% of our energy is used to digest food. But when we go to sleep, we want to spend that energy on repair work and also consolidating our memory and our learning. So we want to let sleep do its proper job. So but there's a lot of I things I can with routine well, yeah yeah i'm sure yeah, i'm sure you've got thousands of tips but you i suppose what you're saying there is that routine around digital downtime if that's even a word um, or a phrase to use but yeah really having a routine around that i really like your point on the nutrition one and eating that 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 makes so much sense to me around digestion and what's what is it digest rest and digest is a common That's phrase right. that goes hand in hand as well. Um, right. Really good, really good, Natalie. You know, is, is there anything from the clients that you see, the executives that you work with, are there any common like faults of their routines that you see? Or, or if you were to group some of the problems that you're seeing a lot mm. with, with busy people, is it really the digital side or is there other things that you commonly see? I think the number one thing, Tom, would be stress. So yes, the digital mm-hmm. thing comes into play because after dinner when the kids are in bed, it's a lot of people are getting back on the laptop, finishing off those last emails or some presentation that's got to happen in the morning. And that's all understandable. We live in this world that that's what's required sometimes. But to make that a part of your life as an every night occurrence, that's where the problems start to begin. There's also, I also talk to people about boundaries as well and really protecting your boundaries strongly because you have been available all day 
and likely from very early in the morning. And at nine o'clock at night, you've got to be able to give yourself a bit of time. So I do always talk to my clients about beliefs, about their work beliefs, their sleep beliefs, but also their personal boundaries and how we can best protect them because it's very holistic, but it actually all comes together and all makes a big difference. Yeah, that's when you were saying that, I was like, that's a very holistic approach and it's all also probably what you were saying what you how you approached your own issue which was looking mm. inward and looking around your beliefs and also yeah and then that sort of turns into a discussion with yourself about well, what are my boundaries because in the current work environment I got an email actually last night at about 11 p.m from not someone in our business but externally and I was like what are you why am I getting it what are you actually doing up at night writing me an email it wasn't that important in either whilst this flexible work thing at the moment or this hybrid workforce model is developing and evolving people are probably losing a sense of how to create the boundaries and because it is so loose oh it's great i can work from home whenever i want and or work mm -hmm. from anywhere probably like it feels like that might re result in overworking in the long run. Do you agree with that? Or uh, I do agree with that to some degree, Tom, because the, now the the boundaries or the lines are very blurred. It's, it's because now we can take our kids to school or pick them up or take them to footy practice or something. We mm. could never do that before, but we feel like maybe we have to make up the time at 10 o'clock at night when they're in bed and catch up a little bit on what what was expected previously so definitely the lines are blurred more so than ever before mm. so now this is really the time to get clear on your personal boundaries so it is a good time to be talking about this absolutely do, do you feel in the workplace and with the people that you're working with that are executives or those sort of professional people that are highly stressed do you feel like what we really need to help fix like a, a workplace where there's a a, a bit of a sleep issue widespread at the moment i don't think i, I don't think organizations are probably getting that far into how well is the sleep of this workplace generally speaking but do you feel mm. like there's a role for workplaces to create maybe some overarching rules or not rules no. or maybe no, procedures around switching yeah. off and that kind of thing or oh i 100% i 100% hope that this happens soon because if we don't see leadership from the top, like with anything, if we don't see our managers and our bosses mm. not sending emails at 10 o'clock at night, they're setting the scene and they're setting the expectation. And if they stop doing that, the rest of the team will stop doing that. And if we value our sleep and we can see the link between sleep and performance, that is so clear. And like I said before, things like relationships with your team improve your clarity, your focus, your performance, everything improves when it comes to a job and your and your role. And when we take those away, we're all working at a suboptimal level based on a culture that's not helping, that's not working for us anymore. So I would love to see that sleep elevated, like I said before, to the level of nutrition mm. and performance. And to be the, for that to be really seen at the top level coming down really a policy don't send emails or put it on an auto schedule you can send those out schedule yeah. that sent out eight in the morning rather than eight at night and so really respecting people's time home time and sleep time and encouraging that as best as possible 
Yeah, yeah, great. I, th- I think I've, I feel like I've seen this in another or read about this in another country. I think it was France, actually. They were going through industrial reforms. That's, is that the right word? Around employ- employment. And one of the things that they were having in there was it was basically banning, I think it was banning emails after hours or on the weekends or something for the week. And that was, that was probably my first sort of view of this being, what's the word? Make, making a policy around it or making a rule around it, which I thought was quite good. And we know the French like to relax and enjoy their leisure time. So maybe that's yeah. like a good example of where yeah, we might right. end up. Mm. I hope so. I hope that's the case. And I know some industries are probably worse offenders than others. Yeah. So it, it really depends, I think, if we can really embed that into the leadership team and filter downwards, I think we would see a much more productive and efficient workplace yeah exactly and if everyone starts to get into that and the team starts to perform what do we want in a workplace we want people to be happy but we also want great sustainable form performance and when you go back to those athletes that i was talking about like that example they're they're actually looking after their rest more than their activity almost in some ways but we as professionals we do the opposite and then that probably has an effect on our overall performance and then the teams. Um, Natalie, I've probably gone off the track there, but what I wanted to ask you actually was sleep hygiene. And I've seen that word used a lot or that phrase. Yeah. What does that really, what does that mean to you, this sleep hygiene as a, as a term? Yeah, really all that means is uh, that your environment and that your setup is optimal for sleep. So when you look up sleep hygiene, what you'll find is things like temperature. So you really want to have a cool environment. You don't want to have too many layers on. You don't want hot pajamas plus blankets plus window clothes. You want the opposite. So take a layer off, just a sheet and a blanket or a thin doona and open the window. Some ventilation is important as well. So that's one aspect, but it's also light is another big one. So we're talking about this before with the screens. So you want a really dark room and just think about our ancestors are probably sleeping with no electricity. And so that's what we're designed for really is a lot of darkness at night and to the best of our abilities. Like There's always going to be street lights in the city and things like that, but to the best of our abilities, night lights off, electronics out of the room, alarm clock moved around, all of those things and block out blinds if we can. So temperature, definitely light, but also routine. So trying to get up, uh, go to bed at the same time and up at the same time every day, that's a really important one to try and get your brain into that routine as well. So it knows it's time to shut off. And also things like nutrition. So it's all of the external things that you can do for yourself, make sure you're doing those on a regular basis. I love it. Yeah, and it's really when it comes to sleep, it's about, it feels like it's about do all the things that you can control and then over time that you're going to get it, you'll get an outcome. It'll probably be maybe if you're coming from a very like tricky place, like where your journey was, you probably found that that would have, I'm imagining that took quite a while for you to get into a good, routine or, or, and sleep pattern mm. is that right so like well look there is and even when you're doing all these things like you've got a comfortable mattress the right pillow all of these things and you tick 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 sometimes your brain is still going a million miles an hour and that's when mm. you can really accelerate that by getting some help and 
And that's what I never did. I didn't know that you could do that. And so I tried yeah. meditation and mindfulness and all of those things. And sometimes you just need a bit of guidance and it doesn't take very much. A lot of people know roughly the right kind of things to do. So if they can concentrate on really making an effort to do that consistently and then get some help when they need to, that's a great start. I love it. One other thing I wanted to ask you, Natalie, just from a measurement perspective, people are now measuring more things than ever. They go for a walk and they'll turn their clock their what their upper watch on and oh now yeah. I've walked I've worked ten thousand steps. My dad does that. It's quite funny. He yeah. basically doesn't go to he won't go to bed unless he's done his ten thousand steps, which is a great he's one of those guys that that's that's working for him. Good on him. But I think sleep is now getting measured a little bit using say the Apple watches and all the other garments and things. And I'm assuming with within that that you're getting people are getting a look at, okay, I slept say it's eight hours, that's a tick. And maybe also the quality is probably a measurement of quality of sleep. What's your take on the what the uh, people measure? Yeah, tracking and yeah. also the quality measurements as well around REM sleep or mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Look, I think it's great for people that really want to optimize their sleep, that are already sleeping well, that want to make the most and improve their quality of sleep. Where I don't like tracking is generally the people that I work with, I like, let's start with taking that off because what I find is it actually increases people's anxiety. They already know they're not sleeping well. They don't really need a watch to tell them that they feel crap the next day. So I say, let's take that off to start with. Generally, the people that are tracking and are optimizing their sleep don't really need any help <laughs> or don't yeah, need yeah. as much help. Yeah, look, I think they're great and it, it is a great measurement to see how you're improving. Like anything, it's a great tool. But when you're having trouble falling asleep to start with, it can increase your anxiety around, oh, I got three hours sleep and only 15 minutes of deep sleep and how am I going to function today? And we don't need that extra layer of anxiety in the world today. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said yeah, yeah, there's I'm a time and place for it. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because I feel like I like the idea of measuring things, but there's a point I feel like with all the technology and all the different things that we can measure at the moment is that there's a point where it's like analysis paralysis. You basically, if if you're struggling to get to sleep and then you throw on an Apple Watch and you'd be looking at, if you're that type of person, you're probably looking at it the next day going, oh, I only slept seven hours and then you feel shit about yourself and, and then exactly. you try it again. Exactly. So, yeah, you probably need to rebuild from the start and get back to basics, right? Leave your Apple Watch with your Apple phone in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with your iPad mm. charging and your Apple, yeah. That's right, that's right. So just <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, they're, they're the extreme cases and the people that I'm seeing that it's just not helping. That extra layer doesn't help at the beginning. Yeah. Like later on when we've sorted out all the basics and we're getting through most of the night then we can bring it back in but at the beginning i would say let's not worry about tracking your sleep let's base it on how you're feeling i love it natalie it sounds like your approach here is very holistic which i i admire i think it's great and your story is amazing as well good work for getting into this space and thanks for trying to make an impact in sleep health with your clients i think it's great if people that are listening now want to reach out to you specifically to have a chat, what's the best way to get in touch? 
Yeah, definitely via LinkedIn. So that's the only platform I'm on at the moment. And otherwise, they can email me at natalie at seedlinghealth.com.au. So that's my business. But LinkedIn, I'm always on there. So you can find me on there pretty easily. Fantastic. Hopefully not on there after nine o'clock at never. all. <laughs> never. Do that. No, I'd never do that. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Natalie. I'd love to do this again and talk about another topic about sleep because there's so much to it today was really, it really a, a great overview into your insights so i appreciate it thanks so much and have a good day it's been a pleasure thank you so much tom